Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 112 of the Social Liability Podcast, the podcast where we discuss those folks in our lives that violate the social contracts that we all agree to live by. I am your host, the Raspberries, with my co-host, the Buck, bringing you new and interesting stories from the far reaches of the interwebs. And this is another one of our Technical Difficulties-branded episodes. <laughs> Normally, we... Uh... Oh, there, there were nothing technical about it, man. That was uh, that was an organic biological difficulty, man. That's that's one of the trials and rigors of having a disability, man. See, I, I was gonna I was gonna be nice and say it was a technical problem. In reality, it was it was a buck problem. So, uh, oh yeah, the episode we oh, yeah. we, we ended up starting this one. Uh, we just weren't able to finish it. So we, we're, we're gonna start. We decided, you know, we're not gonna try to edit this down and try to fix it. We're just gonna do the whole thing over again. So it might sound a little different than normal, but it it, it is what it is. It's it's so that we can still get content to you, the listener. Excuse me. <laughs> So, Buck, we're going to jump right into this here. And we got one from Oklahoma News 4, KFOR.com. Woman falls headfirst in an outdoor toilet while trying to retrieve her phone. <laughs> uh, is it, it, it wasn't an unusual... I'm sorry. <laughs> it wasn't the usual mountain rescue for the first responders in Washington's Olympic National Forest. Instead of rescuing a hiker that was stranded on top of a mountain, they came to an aid of a woman who was stuck inside of an outdoor toilet. The woman that was using the facilities at Mount Walker Vista Point on Tuesday when she dropped her cell phone into the underground container below the vault toilet. The vault toilet, typically found in campgrounds and near hiking trails, is waterless and non-flushing, also known as a fucking hole in the ground. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. It's an outhouse. Let's just call it what it is. I mean, if you say outhouse, yeah. if people don't know what an outhouse is, they 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 haven't been raised correctly. The woman first tried to get the phone out herself by taking the toilet seat and housing apart and using her dog's leash to fish the phone out. There was floaters down there, but they weren't fished, let me tell you right now. Cruz said that uh, she was using the dog's leash to support herself when she fell headfirst into the toilet. After attempting for 15 or 20 minutes to get herself out of the container, the woman was able to get her hands on her phone and call 911. Uh, two fire departments responded and made a makeshift cribbing platform tall enough for the woman to stand on and be pulled to her safety. According to the one fire department, the woman was washed down and given a Tyvek personal protective equipment suit in the style of a coverall to wear. Uh, she did not wish to be taken to the hospital. Cruz, however, did urge her to seek medical attention after the exposure to human waste, but she only wanted to leave and continue on her way to California. The woman said, uh, I'm sorry, they said the woman was lucky not to have been over to, to become ill due to the toxic gases or being hurt from the fall itself. Couple questions come to mind for this book, and, I, and, I, and I'm hoping uh, that, uh, unfortunately, we're not going to have the answers. But one, I want to know what kind of cell phone case this woman had <laughs> because she dropped this cell phone into human filth and it was in there for quite some time uh presumably at least like let's just say 40 minutes because 20 minutes trying to fish it out 20 minutes after she fell in and uh it, it still worked she still was able to find it ooh, and it still worked and she was able to get a call 911 so one i wonder what kind of case she had next i want to know what kind of phone she had that was getting reception at the bottom of a hole beneath the shit house yeah i mean like who's who, who made your case and who is your cell phone carrier? There are many 
many opportunities there to just market the fuck out of shit. Just you, oh my gosh, you could have a field day with that. And you know, going back to the article though, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna score this lady really at all because you know, getting stuck in a porta potty over something stupid. Well, I mean, you say like, stupid, she, Buck, but how much did your phone cost? No, no, no. What I'm saying is something stupid would be like a pack of gum. Okay? Okay. Like, we're not talking about a pack of gum. We're talking about, you know, probably a $1,000 phone, which is far from something stupid. If it were something stupid, we could rape this woman. Like, what kind of dipshit goes head over, you know... Head over heels into a freaking hole of shit. I prefer the term. I, I prefer the term "ass over tea kettle." Yeah, but well, whatever the case may be, man. You say potato, I say you know ass over elbows or whatever. But the 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 fact of the matter is, is that you know I personally wouldn't go through that. I insure the fuck out of everything I have. If I were to drop my phone in the <clears> toilet, <throat> I do. I insure everything I have because I run over everything with this damn wheelchair I'm in. So for me, if I were to if I were to drop something in the toilet, I'd be like, "Well, it's going to be a rough couple of days without my phone, but I'll live and I'd get a new one for free." I insure it. You know, somebody who doesn't or, you know, imagining myself in a world where I didn't protect everything that I have religiously and, you know, almost stupidly, I I could see myself trying to like you know, Apollo 13, my way into a solution, you know, and if all, uh, uh, like, if all she's got is a dog leash, like, kudos to her for, for even trying to fish it out. I mean, like, she, you got to risk it for the biscuit, man. That's all she did. You got to risk it for the biscuit? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the truth, though, man. Like, all she did, like, so what? She's not going to stand on like you know the winner's pedestal, and you're not going to get a, a even a bronze medal for this performance, lady. But at least you went in there and you gave it your all, and you weren't a bitch about it. It's like, no, nah, I'm not even going to go to the hospital. I'm just going to go home and lay down. You know, she probably went home and had like <laughs> and forget this long- day ever happened. <laughs> like all she was like the second she fell in, her mindset was. Once 11.59 turns in midnight, today is over. That's it. Like, you know, she went home, soaked herself in the most abnormally, like, disgustingly comfortable bath that she could get herself into with, a, with like, an entire carafe of wine. And and I don't blame her. Like, I hope she, I hope she did, man. I hope she had a soak with all the bath bombs. Man. All the bath bombs. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so I'm not. I'm not going to score this lady. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. You know, I'm gonna kind of like put my head in my hand for her. Be like, ah. Uh. But no score. No score, indeed. Okay, Buck. We're gonna move on then to a story from FoxNews.com. West Virginia man confuses meth for vehicle registration during traffic stop. <laughs> A West Virginia man was arrested and charged after allegedly handing officers a bag of suspected meth instead of his vehicle's registration during a traffic stop. Officers with the Bridgeport Police Department pulled over Roy Porter, 57, Sunday for a suspect 
suspected improper registration. It's either improper or it's not. What's the suspect about it? According to WBOY 12 News, after handing over what apparently is believed to be his registration and a bag containing pieces of a crystal-like substance, uh, the officer's were a bit confused. <laughs> the officers brought in a drug-sniffing dog to search the vehicle. Porter was carrying approximately 4 grams of meth, while passenger Jared Merrill had almost 220 grams of meth, according to the officers. Both men were arrested and taken to Bridgeport Police Department for processing. They later were taken to North Central Regional Jail. Merrill, 21, was released after posting bail, and he was charged with possession with intent to deliver a controlled substance. Porter was charged with conspiracy to commit a felony and is being held at the North Central Regional Jail with bail set at $5,000. Well, here, officer, here's my registration and some meth. Do you think it? Do you think it got? Do you think the guy like legit didn't know what he was handing to him, or you think it was a bribe, like the worst bribe ever for a cop? It is one trillion percent explainable and understandable why he is on our social liability podcast. What an idiot! <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, oh. man. There's, I, I, you know, we can we can comedically speculate that it's a bad bribe, but I would have to just really blame this on on just like the perfect storm of piss poor planning um maybe some you know genetic defects uh and um and you know quite possibly just you know outright stupidity um that's that you know you you mix those three things in a bucket together nothing good comes out of it and and it, this is this is empirical evidence I love the fact that this guy was so the old guy hands over the the baggie to the officer and the officer says, says oh my god we've got meth and he's got like four grams the kid who's with him has like 220 grams um so when it's time to bail out the kid gets out leaves the old fart leaves the old fart in the cell and says no you got us into this bitch and left his ass in jail behind <laughs> Now, did it did it say why they were initially even stopped to begin with? Uh, suspected something with their registration, improper registration. So they probably uh, had a, a sticker or something on their license plate that was wrong, or they thought it was wrong. It was probably a pretextual stop. Let's be honest. They probably there's probably more to the story than we're hearing for the reason for the stop. But that's the reason on the affidavit of probable cause. I'm sure is the uh, improper registration. Right. I'm just I'm just wondering, like you know. Yeah, that's a good point, though, man. If it were something of merit, it would have been in the article. And uh, and the fact that it isn't means that they were just whoever whoever wrote the report just really put some uh, some cookie cutter language in there to make it look good for the DA's office. But um, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, stupid ass meth meth heads driving around. I'm I'm gonna have to. That's that's about as bad as the DUI, man. Like that's that's an automatic three. It actually doesn't say whether they're they're using it. It just said they had it. Yeah, you know what though, man. I mean, I mean, I think it's kind of hard to to equate it to a DUI though, because it's it's like saying that you're driving home from the liquor store with with a with a with a six pack in the car, and you should be treated as the same as somebody who's drunk. Just because they had if it doesn't mean they were intoxicated. Now, I don't, I'm not not advocating no, meth. No, 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 I'm not no, advocating I'm not. meth by any stretch. 
stretch of the imagination. My point is, it, it actually doesn't say they were. It, it actually doesn't say they were. They, they didn't get a DUI charge or anything of that nature. It doesn't say they were using it at the time. They were probably looking to sell it. I'm. I'm. Well, I can see that for the younger guy, but the older guy. I'm. I, I am. I am wildly speculating that they were both high on something because, you know, the the uh, confusion about handing your registration along with the baggie of meth kind of indicates that your wits were not 100% about you. So, you know, that's that's where that speculation came from. Uh, either way, with that much meth, I'm still going to stick with a three. Because whether they were selling it, using it, they were driving uh, it. Yeah, and they were... And, and, uh, and meth is just a shit stub- substance to begin with, man. They're either going to use like, it or they're going to sell it. So, you know, fuck them. You know, I'm not giving them a lower score than a three by any stretch. I'm just saying. doesn't doesn't They didn't get charged with the UI, so I don't want to say that they were... They were dealers, at least. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. I will. I will. Uh, I will definitely tip tip my hat to you on that one. Okay, Buck, and we're back for the second half of the show, and we're gonna go straight into uh, KFOR.com again, Oklahoma's News Four. Blind man and service dog kicked out of Florida restaurant. Mike Keach says he was humiliated when a server asked him to leave a Florida restaurant because his service dog was not allowed. Keach, who is blind, says he showed the owner of Overtime Sports Bar and Grill a certification card that explains the Americans with Disabilities Act, but he was uh, still asked to go. The bartender came around the bar and said, I'm sorry, I can't serve you, before we even tried to order. And I said, that's not right. This dog is protected by the Americans with Disabilities Act. The law prohibits discrimination based on disability. The law defines a disability as a physical or mental impairment that substantially limits one or more major life activities. Keech, who was there with his stepson and dog, Nico, said, I didn't have to take this. I just wanted a hamburger with mushrooms and a couple of Budweiser's. That's it. Cindy Smith, the bar uh, and grill owner, said she wasn't there that day, but the server called her. She takes responsibility for making the decision to ask the group to leave, but says she didn't realize Keach was blind. Smith says she's been cracking down on support animals, not service animals. In the past week, someone came in saying they had a service dog, and it almost bit a customer. We have dogs trying to sit in their laps, sitting on the stools, trying to eat off their plates, and it's very difficult to recognize what's legitimate and what's not legitimate. Smith apologized and said Keach and Nico are both welcome back and she'll give Keach a burger and beer on the house. In the meantime, she says she's training her staff to tell the difference between a service dog and a support dog. Keach says she accepts, uh, said he accepts the apology but doesn't believe that anyone would make the mistake for uh, with uh, mistake his dog for a support animal. I'm walking with a white cane, which is standard for the blind, and I've got the dog, which has a harness which reads, Please do not pet me, I'm working. I wear sunglasses and a hat in the building. What do you think? That's literally how the story ends right there. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So here's, here's the deal. All right. I am, I am at best going to hand out a one to, to this restaurant. Okay. At best. Anybody who claims that their emotional support animal is a service dog those people get a five people who cannot control or you know respect the difference between a service animal and an, impo- an emotional support animal 
should be given the absolute worst and most deplorable rank that we have available. And and the reason why I won't rate the restaurant is because the lady, you know, I, for lack of a better term, she ate her shit sandwich. She's like, you know what? You're right. This is wrong. This is wrong. And, and I know that this is wrong. Here's why we are wrong. Because this problem, this is a problem. And I believe that. I will buy into that rationale. I believe that she has just been trying to crack down on service dogs versus emotional support dogs. And whoever this bartender is suffers from the fact that common sense is not common knowledge. Guys wearing a hat, sunglasses, carrying a cane, and has a dog. I could very easily see a bartender going, he's got a cane. Why the fuck does he need a dog? Just not even understanding exactly why the dog is imperative. You know, understanding why the cane isn't enough. So this is just let's it's like it's just disgusting to me. So Buck, I want to I want to take the blind aspect out. Here is a major problem we have now in in with businesses and and different services throughout the country is one one thing that doesn't really jive with me at this story is Ketch says he handed them a card that said it was a certification. There is no such thing as a service dog certification. Nope. There is not. Uh, the dog can be trained. You can also train it yourself. As long as that... You, you probably give a better uh, explanation of this, Buck. As long as it can serve one task that you need and helps you in your day-to-day life, then that dog can be legally classified as a service animal. If it just Correct. If it just makes you feel better which is perfectly valid reason to have a dog, mind you, then it is an emotional support animal. There's a big difference between, you right. know, dog being good to be around or dog actually doing a task. Now, here's the real problem you, you run into. The American Disabilities Act kind of limits the way that uh, businesses, airlines, restaurants, whatever, are allowed to interact with that person. Literally, they can ask, is that a service dog? And the person can say yes or no. There's no show me a card to show me anything. It's if they say yes, what is it trained to do? They can't ask you what your disability is. They can simply ask, what is that dog trained to do? And if they give an answer, then it's a service animal. That's all there is to it. Um, the, the whole concept of him showing a card, it, 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 that, that, that doesn't make sense to me. Um, now, I will, I will say, before you go any further with that, though, there are uh, places out there, and I have one for my dog. I actually do have a card that says that she is a service animal. You can actually get these online registrations done, and they're free sites. And it's just something so that you can have something printed out there. It's like... It's no different than having like, you know, your, your, you know, Dick Sporting Goods membership rewards card on you. It's, it's literally that, that kind of, of card. There's no doubt in my mind that, that he presented some sort of card because. Oh, I'm sure he did. And, 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 you know, the thing is though, is that the, the reason why he had it and the reason why he felt the need is because of the ways that some people do interact with service service dogs and things like that because 
it's very difficult and i'm not i'm not i'm not faulting the business owners it's just difficult to to allow a dog into your establishment based on based on somebody's word and then like she said in the article they had somebody get attacked by a service dog that's not a service dog motherfucker that ain't a service dog right. because i'll tell you what whether your dog does something well for you or not you should be responsible enough to know that you can't bring cujo out in the public you can't. No. And, you can't. And that's the thing. Like, what I can't, and this is the, the thing that really bothers me on a, on a, I'd say weekly basis. I'm going to say daily, but probably weekly, is I'll go into a store and somebody will have their, their whatever. It doesn't. It, it, it could be any any kind of dog, and it's wearing the same vest that they paid ten dollars for on Amazon, and it is clearly not a service animal. Here's some here's some things to look for, folks. Here's Raz's list of things to look for in a fake service animal. Prong collar. Oh my god, if you have to have a prong collar, which I think are just barbaric to begin with, but if you need a prong collar on your dog to control it, it's not a service animal. If you are walking it on the right side, a most most places that train service animals will train them to walk on the left. For two reasons. One, you want to make, because the way we walk on sidewalks, they want to make sure the dog's between you and the road. And for law enforcement, uh, for those kind of dogs, they teach it to walk on the left because your most firearms are held on the right-hand side. It's just traditional. That's not to say that all dogs are. That's just, an, this is something to look for. Not all dogs are that way. Um, I had a dog that specifically was trained to walk on the right side. Different reason. I'm not going to go into it. Um, if Fluffy is not listening... That dog will should be trained to heal and ignore every other thing in the in the surrounding area. It should not pay attention to anybody. It should look. It should you know be be aware of its surroundings. But it, the, the dog should be trained to ignore everything. And, and one of the best things you can do if you see somebody with a service dog is ignore its existence. Pretend that dog doesn't exist. It's the best thing you can do because that's what the dog's trained to do. It doesn't care about you. As soon as the harness comes off, you might be happy, go lucky. I want pets. I want pets. Rub my belly. But when the vest is on, they should be trained to just ignore your existence. Uh, you but... know, and see, you know, here's here's the thing. You know, you went you went into handling your dog and everything like that, and you know, it goes the burden of responsibility really does go on the handler. It really does, and you know, in in the event that you know you're somebody who's extremely disabled your caregiver should be able to act as handler for that dog and keep it under control there should be no reason why somebody says attack and service dog in the same sentence like those and unless it was like you know there there are instances where a service dog will fuck somebody up and that's if you're going after the person who's disabled don't do that See, I know that's another way, but I have, I have several, I have several vests around here, um, for, for the dogs. Um, my, my, my miniature dachshund, he's in training right now. So he does wear a vest. Anybody can buy these vests. They're not, they don't cost very much money at all. Uh, and there's Velcro. You can buy the patches and the patches can say anything you want. His says in training. But I, you could, I could just as easily buy one that says service dog and throw on there. 
And you, the other, the next thing you'll see a lot of people do is they'll throw like certified and this and that. And they, they like using those words, and they'll show up, they'll pull out letters and cards. They're fake, or they're just a generic thing they printed off the internet. Um, that's and that's what it equates to. Yeah, and the, the a lot of people that they have that card, they're like really loud and proud about it. like I have this card. Card doesn't mean a damn thing. Uh, for most places, nobody gives a shit about the card. Nope, there's no they certification. There's no doctor's note. Dog yeah, there's no doctor's note. There's nothing like that. A doctor can write a recommendation for an emotional support and more service dog, but they can't like issue a prescription for one. <laughs> you know. Uh, now see, now the doctor's note does help you in places like airlines. And, it does. And travel and and that's that's where a doctor's note comes in. But like you said, that certification card, it means nothing. Right. And then the thing about you're saying about airlines, uh, with emotional support animals, most airlines are not recognizing them as the same classification as a service dog. And they shouldn't. And they're they're making them treat them as though they're a pet, making them follow the same guidelines as any other pet. And that's where a lot of you see people having arguments with, with airlines and everything like that because their letter will literally say emotional support animal as opposed to service dog. Service dogs are a different category. They're treated differently. They both fall under the ADA, but the service dog is treated differently. And, you know, you're, you're, you're dealing with an owner who's telling their employees to do this. Their employees aren't, doesn't, don't recognize the difference. And they're, you know, and for years we were always told that dogs or animals of any kind you know, health code violation if they're in the restaurant. So I, I can see where the staff, especially if they're young staff, would be, I, I don't know, ill-prepared to deal with the situation without their boss being right. there. So you're, I, I, I really do tend to agree with you. I, I, if, if the restaurant was trying to backpedal and make excuses, I would say, yeah, there, there's something here. But really... It's not, I, and it's like and I, it's a problem they're trying to deal with. And when she says we've had this problem, I believe her. I believe her. I, I, a, a week doesn't go Absolutely. by that I don't I don't see somebody trying to pass off their dog as a service animal just so they can take it in the store with them. Yeah, and that's why I'm I'm reluctant to even give them a one. I don't think I will. I think I'm going to go ahead and stick with a null score on this one because the woman came back and she even made good on it. She's like, "Listen, man, I'm super duper sorry." When you come back. I'll give you a burger and a beer on the house. I'm super duper sorry. And, you know, she's trying to make good. And she knows that she did wrong. And, you know, she has a good reason for, you know, kind of jumping the gun and and having like a zero tolerance policy. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not scoring it. Well, Buck, let's go from a score from a, a story that's not scored to one that probably has an excessive amount of scoring. <laughs> this let's do it. This next one is come from Petapixel.com. It's a, it's a photography website, and I actually find myself reading articles on this website quite a bit. And I'm not a photographer. I, I wanted to be, uh, but I never really you know, took off with the hobby. But I digress. An unusual photo shoot involving an old railroad bridge and a circus performer shocked a passerby so much that they called 911 and sparked a massive rescue operation that caught the photographer and the subject by surprise. Rochester, New York TV news station ABC 13 reports that the trapeze performer, Julia, I'm not even going to pronounce it, it's Italian, <laughs> was hanging from the railroad uh, trestle bridge in the city's Genesee 
Village, I'm sorry, Valley Park, and posing for photos around 7.40 a.m. last Friday when the shoot was spotted by a passerby. The person called 911 and reported that a person was dangling from the bridge. The Rochester Fire Department then sprang into action. I am not making up how they read they wrote this. We just finished the photo shoot, uh, she told ABC 13. Avi, the photographer, and I gave thumbs up and I was like, all right, I'm going to come up and then come down. And then we had the rescue and the police all show up. <laughs> we heard sirens and Avi is like, okay, I'm going to head over to the shore and I'm going to check on what's going on over there. Uh, she then... Uh, was was just taken aback because she's a traveling circus performer who was in Rochester for a series of shows. In her free time, she often partners with photographers and poses for outdoor action photos where she hangs from a trapeze in various locations, including from bridges. The performer's YouTube channel and Instagram account contain videos and, fo- and f- photographs of her hanging from other uh, precarious bridges. Or picturesque, I'm sorry. Despite the fact that she had performed the same stunt countless times and was capable of climbing back up onto the bridge herself, the fire department determined that she needed to be rescued. What's more, authorities authorities called in additional resources, and there were soon over 24 rescuers on scene. According to ABC 13, rope rescuers sent down and repelled down the bridge above the water, and rescuers were sent from a boat in a boat from below. <laughs> She was a little confused as to why they were all there, Rochester firefighter Joseph Lee tells the news. Uh, and she says she does this all the time, but we were there to help her out. <laughs> After a 40-minute rescue, she was taken back to solid ground. The fire department's account of the incident is listed on their Facebook page, which reads... This morning at 0741 hours, the Rochester Fire Department was called to the Vixecti Street and Genesee Street for a person hanging from the trestle bridge. Units arrived on scene and discovered a female photographer on a, on a swing off the side of the bridge taking pictures. Due to her precarious position, the RFD called in additional resources to make the rescue and bring her to safety. Truck 10 and Rescue 11 set up a rescue rope system on the bridge and prepared to repel a firefighter to the victim. The RFPD's water rescue unit, WR1, with members of Truck 6 and Engine 2, were launched into the river for multiple reasons, safety of the victim and the rescuers, and also another way of rescuing the female and bringing her to safety. The firefighter rescue... Repelled to the victim while WR1 was in the river under the operation. The firefighter attached a rescue harness to the victim, and the crews on the bridge deck above brought them both up to safety. The operation took approximately 40 minutes to complete. There were no reported injuries to the victim or any of the firefighters during the rescue operation. Due to the brave and heroic actions of the Rochester Fire Department, a life was saved today. <laughs> What's. Okay. No, right. I'm not done! What what's curious is the fire department reports that it saved a female photographer on a swing who was dangling from the bridge taking pictures, and it and it it's, it's it gives a little bit more recounting on here, um, and it, it's quoting the the article I just or the uh, the Facebook post I just read, uh, and I just love how the end it says due to the brave and heroic actions, um. Local news station, uh, News 8 WROC, repeated the department's claim that she was a photographer and that the rescue was necessary. The Rochester Fire Department has not responded to 
uh, Petapixel's request for a comment. The entire incident is a good example as why it's a good idea to check with your local authorities before conducting any photo shoot that involves precarious setups or sensitive locations. It could save us both a lot of time and taxpayer dollars. <laughs> okay. So I want to know who got a bill. Oh, you know she I... will. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. Because if it took 40 minutes to rescue her, she was probably giving those firefighters lessons on how to use her ropes. I'd have been so fucking embarrassed. I'd have been so embarrassed. Like, and and you know what? There's just so much, so much I got to say about this. First off, once you arrive at scene and somebody's like, uh, no, I happen to be more of a professional than you. Why would you? It's like that Ron. It's like that Ron Swanson clip when he's walking through Home Depot and they ask if they can help him. He just looks at him and says, "I know more than you," and keeps walking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, like honestly, man, honestly, what, what in the? Okay, so there's that, and then there's the fact that you know this woman is a boss. Okay, I have nothing but extreme admiration for people who, like, responsibly do risk-taking like that. Like, I really do. Like, my, my hat goes off to that. And she was probably so embarrassed. This is why I'm in a wheelchair and okay with it, man. Because that kind of shit was never even on any... Like, if I were to go to hell tomorrow, that would be one of the first things that I would do. Trapeze from a fucking bridge. Like, no, I'm happy sitting here in my chair. This woman gets every every accolade that I can hand out. Like, golf claps, snaps, whole fucking rodeo. I'll even put Crisco on my kitchen floor and do no donuts for this woman. Okay, and then the fire department comes in and blue falcons everything. <laughs> just completely, just completely, just like, bum, bum, bum. We'll save the day. No. Yeah, we, we have a term for the people that, uh, that sit around the firehouse waiting for the, the good calls to come in. First off, if you ever if you're a volunteer firefighter and you ever sat around and waited for the good calls, fuck you. You're a piece of shit. There's no such thing as a good call. A What you consider to be the good, fun calls are somebody having the worst moment in their life. And the fact that you're reveling in it, it just tells me you're a piece of shit and a, and a rotten human being. But... What ends up happening a lot of times is these volunteer departments especially, they sit around and they train and they train and train. And the funny thing is a lot of them have more training hours than, than your paid departments do because they're doing it for the love of it. They're not doing it for the paycheck. But it, it, it's a double-edged sword in that they're always looking for a reason to play with their toys. So you, yep. you, you'll come to a, a vehicle accident and you know it's it's a, it's a nothing burger but they'll still cut the fucking roof off the car because we got to play with the extrication tools and and i think that's exactly what we're looking at here they oh my god this is our big chance to use the boat that we did the fundraiser for oh boy <laughs> oh yeah and you know what like mm, it's just so so bad that they're going to sit here and like try and be the heroes in this and that's why it's so embarrassing. Like well, the fact that they, the, man. the fact that these dumb shits put on their own Facebook page, they they wrote this themselves. They wrote this about themselves. 
Yeah, I know, man. Due to the brave, due to the brave and heroic actions of the Rochester Fire Department, a life was saved today. Give me a fucking break. No, man, no, 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 no. Give me a fucking break. No, no, that, what, oh, come on. That is just so, so tacky. <laughs> it really is. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking up. <laughs> Go ahead. Ah, uh, like, ah, uh, it's like having your. Uh, that's like that's like in a very micro scale, like Julius Caesar, like throwing himself tributes for shit that other people did. It's like no, you can't. Break out every... Put the good champagne back on the shelf, Billy. Put the good champagne back on the shelf. No. Yeah, I'm looking at their, I'm looking at their Facebook page right now. And these guys take more pictures of themselves. Um, and it looks like a, they love playing with boats, too. They're just looking for reasons here a lot. There's not a day that goes by they don't post pictures of themselves. I'm serious. There's not a single... Well, there's like multiple in one day. And, of course, every time that they go on a, a scene, they have their own videographer documenting their, their exploits to show everyone how brave and heroic they are, apparently. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's still up. That post is still up. Due to the brave actions, it's still up. Ah! All right. You know what? I'm gonna. I, this is the first time that I'm gonna give a rank like this because, like, everything they're doing is so wrong and seemingly benign. Like, I'm sure that there's some. Like, that's just. I'm so embarrassed for this poor, poor lady. Like a seasoned circus performer. Look what they like. They did not save her life. She sat there because you made her. Like, she's probably, like, on her way up, and they're like, if you go one inch further, you're going to be in handcuffs. You stay down there until we rescue you. Like, no. They get a soft four. They get a soft four. And I can't call it, like, the egregious offense four. Like, the normal fours that we have. Bro, I'm reading the comments on the article, and everyone is like, you guys did such a great job. She was trespassing. You ought to bill her for the rescue. And it, just, for. And it keeps going. And great action foggers. It's like a photographer was part of it. <laughs> so very grateful to the RFD. Amen. Prayer hands. Great job, Ropes. I hope she thanked you properly. Grateful for having such heroes in our community. <laughs> it goes on and on. <laughs> no wonder they're freaking blue falconing it. But yeah, I I, I, I got to give the four as well. And this is a really well-funded freaking fire department. Enough that they keep, they show pictures of them giving each other awards like every ten days. <laughs> hey, you, you know what? They've got a great PR department. That's all I got to say. Somebody's working PR like a mofo down there in Rochester, or up there in Rochester. Yeah, they but, really are. 
trying to swing this. I think I would have taken that that post down if I were them. But hey, that's just them. We're going to give it a four. That being said, Buck, that brings us to an end of another episode of the Social Liability Podcast. We would ask that if you enjoyed what you heard today is to please like, subscribe, and perhaps tell a friend. It'd be very beneficial to the show, and we would be very appreciative of that. <laughs> uh, that being said, folks, I am the Raz Grease. He is the Buck. Wishing you all a happy and safe week, and we'll see you on the next episode.